Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Feeling stuck in your current job? Looking for a career pivot? Are you a proven leader looking to step up? The University of Maryland's Robert H. Smith School of Business prepares students to meet challenges, solve problems, and obtain a profound understanding of how to operate in the modern economy. With MBA and MS programs offering flexible options to fit your lifestyle and goals. GMAT and GRE not required. Learn more today at go.umd.edu slash smithschool. University of Maryland Smith School of Business. Inspired. Fearless. Unstoppable. Celtic State of Mind and welcome to your Wednesday Bolton. Today I'm joined by Colin and as usual on a Wednesday we're going to be looking at what's going on around the club. Tomorrow, tomorrow night's game v Hearts and we're going to answer the tagline, how can Celtic fully utilise Kyogo Furahachi against the Maroon Minis? Colin, how are you getting on today? I can't complain, Kev. First of December, you know, opening uh, Advent calendar because I'm still that much of a Wayne that I got an Advent calendar. Uh, this countdown to Santa Claus is on. Yeah, I mean, I'd start by taking a couple of points against Hearts tomorrow night and uh, 13 games this month, eh? I know, I no, too much a, to ask for 13 wins. 
You're talking about an advent calendar there, my, my wee boy's free. He didn't understand that he could only get one sweetie this morning. <laughs> he, he, he just didn't understand whatsoever the concept of an advent calendar. Eh? So, I will move on for that. Eh? I've had to hide his advent calendar because I can't it'll come in the night and actually just try to try and blitz it. So, as you know, Colin, on a Wednesday, we like to get to the heart of the most important matters that are going on. And Celtic. Yep. So this thing came to my attention over the last 24 hours. I love your face when I go off the running order. <laughs> oh, that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to ask you, Colin, see when you've been on a wild night out, yes. one of the nights when you've got your top off and you're dancing to the Grease Mega Mix and the Witherspoons, right? Have, yes. you ever <laughs> went to, have you ever went to the bar and asked for a turmeric shot? No. No. No, you know never the, heard of you know never heard of a turmeric shot. Although I did is this was this what sorrow was I mean yes. I feel as if we yes. just wheel sorrow out now for every sort of sponsorship deal that we get here. I mean he's he's literally the darling of the sponsorship deals. Definitely. Well a turmeric shot, the Celtic players will soon find out what a turmeric shot is, as we've signed a deal with a company owned by Wales striker Rob's, uh, Hal Robson Canu. His company is called Turmeric Company, who will now supply the squad with naturally produced turmeric shots, which are used by a number of professional football clubs and elite athletes to enhance their recovery and holistic health. Did you say it's Hal Robson Canu, the guy that's yes. not got a club? Yes, well, he's the guy that's got not a... got a club. I mean, he scored a fantastic goal against Belgium at Euro 2016, but he's not got a club and he's now punting for everybody to be fitter using his turmeric shots. He's hardly the face of it, is he? That's not a, the best idea. No wonder we've got Sorrow putting it out there. Well, seemingly the turmeric shot, his turmeric shots contain raw turmeric root combined with other fresh ingredients. Now, Anton Markle, the head of sports science at Celtic, says excellence in terms of nutrition is a crucial element in order, is a crucial element in football in order to assist endurance, recovery, as well as general health and performance. So we are pleased to be partnering with a leading organisation in this area. Come on, call. What's this witchcraft? Next thing we're going to be getting told that the manager's asking this sports scientist who can actually play. Who's well, far enough I'm, to play, eh? Well, I wouldn't take a sports scientist's advice having seen him coached Morton for about 12 months. Um, and if he didn't learn anything from his time being spent in Greenock, the likelihood is that them two medic shots probably contain Mad Dog or Buckfast because that's what got the best out of the Morton players. So, um, no, look. We cannot, we're joking here before anybody aye, has a go on us. Um, look, if it gives us an extra 10% here and there, fantastic. But I think it's just another capitalisation of the commercial market. There's something out there. Can we get our name attached to it? Are we getting money for it? That's what we're doing. Uh-huh. Uh, Edward Y of Oz comes in. <laughs> Turmeric is good against cancer, but your wee-wee may be a bit aromatic. Uh, the only thing I've ever seen turmeric in, and it seems like it's used to colour curry powder. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the only thing that I know that's used. But look, we've asked for the we've, we've asked for the club to move into the twenty first century, and again we've been a bit joking aside here to start off. But well done to the club. 
hopefully it improves the players and hopefully we maybe see more of Sorrow being the poster boy of the turmeric shots. It's the smile, he's just he's got the biggest smile at the club. That's why they wheel him out. He's the happiest, go luckiest guy ever. I mean, ah, he is, eh? He is, and maybe that's part of his contract that he's always going to get wheeled, wheeled out for this PR stuff. What we'll do is we'll have a look. I think my earphones are making a noise, but I'll make sure I didn't move too much. Right, we'll have a look at some of the stories that are doing the rounds this morning. The food. We'll start with the food back collections, eh? Uh, there's been enough discussion about the negative uh, surrounding the food bank on Sunday and where the GB were subjected to targeted harassment. But let's focus on the let's focus on the good that came out of it. Uh, the Green Brigade last night announced that £17,870.26 in donations and nine vans full of food were sent across Glasgow in the West. Uh, Colin, that's fantastic. Eh? That shows that the spirit and the soul of the club is, a well, uh, is alive and well within the support. Eh? Yeah, that's the one thing that you can take away from it is the the kind of ethos of the club is not lost on the fan base. The fan base know what this club was founded on, what it was founded for, and there'll be plenty who will come out and have a go at the Green Brigade and the, the boys and the rest of the groups for some of their protests, some of their banners, some of some of the other stuff that they do. But they do have this side to them that know they know what the club is founded for and they stick to it. And the, the food bank collection annually is um, it's a fantastic, it's a well-run event. Uh, it's great to see everybody coming along and donating. In this day and age, we really shouldn't have food banks in this country. We shouldn't have a need for them. But unfortunately, whilst we do, it's so important that um, we donate and we give what we can to help others. And uh, look, let's. I'll, I'll just go into it now. These fines that they were given on Saturday is an absolute joke. And it was good to see John Paul Taylor come out this week and say that they had apologised to those who were collecting and that they would look to reimburse those who paid the fines, which I think is the least that the club could do. It's fantastic gesture for the club. Um, and for those that are the traffic wardens, that are the police that were involved in this situation, you are absolute jobs worths. Um, if you in your heart of hearts can see a charity collection going on and decide that that's the time for you to stick your nose in not once, not twice, but several times and try and stop this from taking place. It's an absolute joke. And for me, I just think that this is purely coincidental that this coincides with the potential appointment of Bernard Higgins at Celtic Football Club and the reaction from the fan base. I'm not saying necessarily that those um, police or ticket wardens or anything like that had any direct connection to Bernard Higgins or whatever, but you know that there's a message getting passed through the support that you look at it, Celtic fans are revolting and this is their kind of way of trying to slap us down a bit. If they haven't learned anything from the past before, the fans will come back bigger, stronger and better than ever. Definitely, and you're right, Colin, it's no coincidence. <laughs> it's definitely no coincidence that this has happened after what's been happening over the last couple of weeks. Um, but well done to the Green Brigade, well done to everybody involved, well done to Celtic for uh, 
offering to pay the fines for for those vans that got the tickets. Uh, our opening, well, my opening has caused a bit of a stir in the comments here. So, <laughs> Stevie, Stevie boy, uh, laugh, at, laugh at Lou Cave. It's pronounced turmeric. I thought that's what I was saying, but if it wasn't, thank you, Stevie. Always nice to see you commenting. Uh, Sean Kern, turmeric has been used for health for centuries by Indians and other countries around. Every day is a school day, Colin. Eh? <laughs> uh, the underwater cabbage salesman. Turmeric is widely is a widely used spice. as is, is a widely used spice in cooking. Come on, guys, dinosaurs. I'll, I'll admit I'm a dinosaur when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to admit that. And Tim Bully is probably on my train. Turmeric shots or a rolling sausage. Know what I'm on. I think that's a. Uh, I think I, I'm on his train there when it comes to something like that. But on on Sunday, Colin as well, we've spoke about the the food bank there. Uh, Scott Brown returned to Celtic Park. Uh, a former captain received a warm welcome. He took part in an emotional tribute to We Ten Thirty, and left with no points as we wanted. Uh, mm-hmm. He went back up the road with no points. Um, so. It was a really unusual to see a story on Monday. It was running the Athletic, where it, where it basically there was a story. It was saying that the Celtic board were watching Scott Brown very, very carefully for a future co- coaching and management role. I didn't know this as well, but seemingly he's got a pack with Johnny Hayes. That wherever uh, Scott Brown that, gets, uh. wherever Scott Brown gets a management role, Johnny Hayes is going to go with him. That'll be interesting, I think. It wouldn't um, have been the first pack that Johnny Hayes has had. I'm sure he had one with Neil Lennon where they split his appearance fee because he was always the first sub on. <laughs> <laughs> is that just a rumour or is that a fact or do we need to clarify that? Uh, we, we don't, it's, it's speculation. <laughs> speculation. Um, and also, in that, in, in that story, it actually says that some in the PLC bunker believe that John Kennedy could still be a future manager of the club. This was on the same day that Gavin Stratton, after his starring role in the Christmas advert, turned down the manager's job at Hartlepool. And some sections of the sport actually seemed quite glad about it. Colin, what's your thoughts on all of this, on the article? I mean, it's not something I expected to be speaking about six months ago anyway, but it was... No, definitely not. I'll, I'll kind of go through everything that you just mentioned there. First of all, it was great to see Scott Brown back at Celtic Park, um, and it was great to see him walking away without any points. Um, the, the sort of presentation before the game was it was very well done by the club I have to say um, with everything that was on the, the screen and then with uh, with Betty leading the teams out uh, with the, the video of him singing outside Celtic Park that was very emotional it has to be said I was choking up at, uh, when that happened and then uh, as you said on Monday the article came out by Kieran Devlin of The Athletic and I, I, I kind of read it again last night just to understand it a bit more because at the time you just kind of skim through it and you go well there wasn't much to it it was a, a lot of my source says this and there wasn't a lot to it because it kind of came off the back of the game but then when you said we were going to speak about it today I kind of looked at it again and the bit that jumped out to me was that there's people within the board that still think John Kennedy is a future manager upon Ange Postacoglu's departure the two things kind of jump out to me from that the first one is when have Celtic ever forward planned? Uh, I mean, we've kind of spoken about this before. When a manager leaves, it always takes us that amount of time to try and bring someone else in. So, yes, good for future planning. 
not so good as John Kennedy as such because if it, you look back to that performance last season, I don't think there was anything to suggest that John Kennedy had the ability to be a manager. I still think he's got a lot to go. The second one but that kind of jumped out to me is the idea that it's Scott Brown, it's John Kennedy, it's Johnny Hayes, it's guys that have been here before. And I don't know if you managed to see Roy Keane after the Chelsea Man United game uh, the weekend. Have you seen his post-match comments? No, no. no. So after the game on uh, at the weekend, Chelsea Man United, they were speaking about the idea that it's, it's Michael Carrick that's the, the standing manager before Ranić was appointed. It was Darren Fletcher that was in the stands. It was so-and-so that was a previous player that was part of this coaching staff. And he says, it is the old boys club. And that's the way it's been at Celtic for a number of years as well. We don't know necessarily how good of a coach or a manager the likes of Steve McManus, Darren Adee, John Kennedy are. But these guys were given roles because of the fact that they played for us, because of the fact that they were captains, because of the fact that um, they were Celtic men. And Roy Keane came out and said that that was the, the reason he believed that Man United were in such a terrible position is because they didn't even look at were they the right man for the job. It was just a case of, we know who he is, he's a good guy, we'll get him on board. And I feel as if that's been the case at Celtic for a number of years. And if you look at the kind of the direct implications it, so, it seemed to have last year, where we kept Neil Lennon on for such a long period of time, mm-hmm. when change could have been made and who knows what could have happened out of that. You look at um, the way Solskjaer was at Man United, he was dragged on far too long down that line as well. The similarities are scary. And when Ange came in, you were kind of thinking, right, this is a chance for a fresh start. Now, I've got to say credit to Ange that he's he's took the job on with the, the kind of implication that he's working with these people. And I think that's a very rare occurrence. You'll not see that at Man United with Ranić when he comes into, or whoever's going to be the full-time manager. They'll bring their own squad in. You look at Van Bronckhorst at Ibrox, he's brought his own squad in. He's not stuck with the guys that were there or who remained. And just came in and done that. And I think for him, it's trying to learn off of the people that are already there. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But he's one of a million. You're not going to see other managers that's like that. So this old boy's mentality, uh, we're looking at Scott Brown, we're looking at Johnny Hayes, we're looking at whoever it is in the future. Why? Why limit your net like that? When have you really ever seen... The, the chance for Celtic to go out and capitalise on such a, an open market like it is right now and pick up a, a good, experienced, up-and-coming coach from Europe or, in this case, from um, the Japan and Australia. 
when you look at the kind of the favourites in the markets for stuff like that, it used to be guys like Paul Lambert, Owen Coyle. We, we, we seemed as if we caught our net out here this time. And then it's like, well, we're not going to do that again. Next time, let's see what Bruni does in a couple of years' time. That's the wrong mentality for me. I found it very, very worrying, like yourself, Colin, because Kieran Devlin, who writes, who is a Celtic correspondent for the Athletic, obviously has decent sources. And mm-hmm. everybody that writes for the Athletic seems to have decent sources. And it's obviously this is the chat in, in the bunker, as I called it earlier on. It is the chat that they still believe that John Kennedy can John Kennedy can John Kennedy can still do a turn as a manager if Poster Coglu leaves. And we didn't want Ange to leave, we want Ange to be here be, be here for years or as long as he's successful, we want Ange to be here. But as you say, it's that mentality, it's that enclosed mentality in the board which is really, really worrying. And which I found surprising that this article was released on the Monday after a hard-fought victory at the weekend. Yes, I know Scott Brown's back, but why would you actually go out there that John Kennedy's still being considered as a potential Celtic manager when it seems like at this precise moment in time that you've won a watch with a manager that you've actually mm-hmm. got who would never have been considered if they hadn't made a mess of their last recruitment drive? It's on... So, on you go, so, sorry, I was just going to say, you, you speak about kind of winning a watch on things like that. If you read down further uh, into the comment section, there was talk about where Ange came into this. And there is that City Group connection that we've previously spoken about. And Kieran Devlin highlighted to the point that Fergal Harkin had a massive role in the appointment of Ange Postacoglu. Now, we spoke for a number of weeks on this Mm -hmm. show about where uh, Fergal Harkin was going to come in as a director of football or whatever sort of role that he was going to come in. But it's obviously a name that he's put forward to the board and Ange, you just wonder maybe the timing wasn't right for Fergal now, but it may it may be that in six months' time in the summer, Ange spoke about getting guys in as part of the recruitment drive. Could Fergal Harkin's name come back into it? I wonder if did Fergal Harkin did he just stay at Man City? He did. He did stay at Man City. There seems to be some sort of City Group influence happening here in the background. And I didn't actually read that about Fergal Harkin um, and and Post Coglu, but you don't need to be like an idiot to actually see there was there was a connection. And Post Coglu, it's Yokohama who are part of the City Group, so Celtic by default have used the City Group for a number of players over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So so it's not it's not like a massive leap to go. By the way, that, that's where the connection is. That's where the new... Because stuff like this, stuff like Scott Brown, Johnny Hayes, John Kennedy, says to me that this boardroom didn't look outside this parochial country. They mm. wouldn't know Ange Poster, who Ange Postacoglu was unless somebody comes into that room, an outsider comes into that room and goes like that. By the way, you should check out this guy. Because they want, they would be looking at Jack Ross. They're going to be looking at Graham Alexander, guys like that. They're not mm. going to be checking out like who was the former manager of Australia. And I, I did find it. I mean, I didn't find it. I found it a bizarre article. But now that you've actually spoke to me about it, actually, they find it quite worrying. Mm. <laughs> that is that is probably backing up that this PLC have got no like want will to change really going forward after Poster Coglin. But yeah, I mean, it's not for a very, very long time. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I hope Postacoglu's here for a number of years uh, going forward. I think what he's laying at the minute is the foundations of what hopefully will be a very successful Celtic side. Um, the, the, there's always that concern of who's in next, but you take a look at the board, you just have to go back to that AGM the other week, um, and they mentioned Scott Brown at the AGM, and then Ian Bankier's words were, we should bring him back. That is a hint to the Celtic fans of what was to come in that article there. And there's a couple of people in the comments section saying the, the Athletic don't know what's going on. It's not very hard to put two and two together in that instance. No, no. Alex, Sunday comes in. I think Ange is such a strong character, he'd back himself with Bert and Ernie as his assistants. He was quite clear when he came in that he says he would work with these people and if they're going to buy into him, then he'd be quite happy to work with it. I spoke earlier on about Anton McElhone, who's came in as a sports science guy as well. So Posta Coglu is quite quite happy to run with, with Strachan and Kennedy and uh, Stephen McManus in the background as well. But uh, as you say, it is quite a not a worrying development. It's just uh, everything's going fine on the part, but behind the scenes, you always just worry what's actually going on in their heads. You've mentioned the, the AGM and that. Let's move on to brand new shiny stuff, Colin, <laughs> which hopefully is going to happen over the next couple of weeks. Uh, Patrick and Declan discussed yesterday that we're well doing the line with Rio Hatate, whose contract ends with his current club in January 2022. Mm-hmm. There's a hope that he can maybe be in the building for the 1st of January, but in this COVID world, work permit worlds and SFA worlds, <laughs> we don't know if that's going to happen <laughs> one, one little bit. The 24-year-old 20, can play in a number of positions. This season, he's made 11 appearances at left-back, but he's more, but he's made 12 appearances as a defensive midfielder, and mm-hmm. and he's also made six appearances as an attacking midfielder. I think he's coming in as a midfielder. I don't think he's coming in as a left-back. I, I really don't. I actually see him coming in as a midfielder. Um, last week, we were linked with Patrick Berg and Kasper Juncker. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at these these names were linked to us in the summer as well now obviously mm-hmm. Patrick Berg he plays for Bobo Glint and he's impressed in the Europa Conference League this season and Danish striker uh, Juncker um, is playing in the J League for Urara Reds and he's scored uh, I think it's nine goals in 20 games this season so far eh? it's now, not a bad return it isn't a bad return. He's just moved there, eh? And he's, he's 27, and seemingly there's a, quite a few clubs in Europe actually looking looking for him, eh? Uh, Rio, the, the Rio Atate rumour has weight. It looks like he is going to be signed at some point in January. So the question I'm going to ask you is, who in the squad should be worried about his arrival? I think he's going to play in the midfield. And if he is getting bought to play in the midfield... Do you think that we will be still interested in Patrick Berg if there's any weight behind that whatsoever? Or is it as Patrick Berg just been getting crossed off that big line, big list as we speak? I think, and I'll I'll be proven wrong when he signs probably, I do think he's coming in to play left back. Mm. Um, because having watched some of the clips that I've saw of him, he is someone that's got a good bit of pace about him. He likes going forward, but he also has that solid defensiveness to his game, which is where he slots in at both left-back and centre-defensive mid. Uh, and the reason I think that 
that will suit Ange's system is the invented fullbacks that he's been trying to play all season. And I think some of the players in that system don't suit the, inserted, the invented fullbacks. So what he is looking to do is bring in a person that is very comfortable in that role, someone that he's seen before. Um, so I would say him coming in at left back and then it leaves the right back discussion open as to who will play in there, whether it'll be you give Juranovic the chance to play in his natural position or you keep going with Ralston. Having that competition will be really healthy for the squad. Greg Taylor obviously coming back from injury, someone who splits the fan base, uh, probably towards the point of most in the, the fan base are not a big fan of Greg Taylor. But it's the competition for places that we've been speaking about over the last number of weeks. You take a look at that bench on the weekend or even the, the game on Thursday night and there just wasn't that competition there. You've not mm. got someone who can come in and say, right, Kyogo, you've not scored in a couple of games. If you don't score this week, then so-and-so is going to come back in. We've not got that because you can't really turn to a Yeti. We gave him the chance, he didn't have it. Yakamatis <sighs> hasn't really showed it so far. Again, in, in the midfield, if you come in and do that as well, McCarthy, how do you think McCarthy played it on the weekend? Because I've saw a lot of people say that he had a terrible game. I've saw others say he had a great game. For me, I thought he was fairly decent. Uh, I, I think he'd done the exact same as what Near Beat, beat on does in games at Celtic Park. Uh, he's playing in that role, which is not very glamorous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you're playing against teams that sit deep, it's quite often hard to get a handle on it um, of how what they're actually contributing to the game. It just looks like sometimes they're slowing the game out on taking the simple pass, whereas they're taking the sting out of the game and keeping the ball moving. Uh, Alan Morrison wrote, uh, did you read Alan Morrison's blog? Not on J- James McCarthy, he, he's wrote uh, an opinion piece on James McCarthy when he says that the number of key passes he played on on Sunday was the equivalent of Callum McGregor when he plays a sitting deep position as well. So it was quite a... It's a I, I think it's an impression. I, I think there's a narrative around James McCarthy that we're maybe being far, far too harsh on him. Mm-hmm. And we haven't, had enough, we haven't had enough minutes to actually judge how, how he's going to do. I thought he was fine on, on, on Sunday. I really did. And especially when the game slowed. Mm-hmm. He was quite comfortable just standing on the ball, bringing Aberdeen Aberdeen on to him. Uh, against more mobile midfiel- midfields, we might be in, in baller. But I thought generally he didn't do anything different that I've seen near beat on do in the exact same position at home games this season. No, and for me as well, you look at it, it's um, he's coming back in. It's his first 90 minutes in a couple of months um, after we thought he went missing and stuck his face on the milk bottles. Um it's, it's difficult to kind of get fully up to speed and I thought he did play well. His pass in for the assist was, was beautiful. It was a beautiful pass through. Um, if someone's coming in to play that defensive midfielder role, then it does free Callum McGregor up. But for me, his best performances have came in that role so far. So I would like someone that has the box-to-box as a midfielder and that's why I don't think Hitati comes in to play centre defensive mid. I think McGregor is your man in there because when he's at the base of that midfield, it's always a case of turn, go, pass it on and drive forward. For me, you're, you're kind of looking at, and we'll get on to this because hopefully he'll be back in uh, for tomorrow night's game, Tommy Rogic, 
someone who can come in and help Tommy Rogic out because he's got a history of injuries and we know we're not going to get a full season out of him. We're maybe going to get 20, 35, 20 to 30 games out of him. We need someone who's going to play the other games when he's out. And David Turnbull, who for me should probably have been given a bit of time out of the team already. I think he's he played a fantastic ball over for the first goal, but he's playing some amount of football at the minute. And when it's not his game, you see him drift out far too much. You don't see him getting too involved. His set pieces are certainly have a much lower standard than what they were last year. And I'd like to see somebody come in and challenge him, but there isn't anybody in there. There isn't anybody in that team that you can say, right, Turnbull, you sit out and we're going to play this guy because there's nobody there. Now, the commenters are agreeing with you and Paddy Hutchison says Berg looks a player. That seems to be the general consensus that the, this is one of the, the brightest young prospects in Europe. Um, the comments are agreeing that Hatati is going to come in and play left back. Mm-hmm. But my view is he's going to come in and play the midfield for exactly what you just said. We haven't got enough cover in the middle of the park and guys like Turnbull needs a rest. We 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 do believe, well, for the early saying that Beaton and maybe McCarthy do not suit the way that Postacoglu wants to play maybe going forward. I think Hatati actually does. But I think he's coming in here to give us a number, another body in the middle of the park. And the fact is we're giving Greg Taylor another contract at left back. We've got Liam Scales there also who's like integrating himself into the squad. I do mm. believe that he's coming in to play with the midfield. I do believe that he is coming in to play, play in the midfield. But I also believe that Patrick Berg is somebody we should be looking at as well as a defensive midfielder because we've maybe got many, we've maybe got too many square pegs and round holes in that middle of the park already, Colin. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at it and we whip sorrow out every time there's a publicity stunt. We, we spoke about this. He's not someone who's going to come in and play 10, 15 games for us. I think he's someone that we will look to uh, move on in January, whether that be on loan or permanently. Um, to get him game time, he is still quite young, I think. What is he, 21, 22? Mm-hmm. Sorrow, he's, he's still quite young. I would look at loaning him out, even if it is in Scotland, uh, for the second half of the season, just to get him a bit of game time. What else have you got in there? Beaton, Beaton is a bit of a utility player. I far preferred his performances in midfield as opposed to at centre-back this year, uh, but he can play in there, so it's useful to have him in the squad. And then, as you say, you've got McCarthy and McGregor. McCarthy obviously having his injury issues so far. He'll need a bit of time to get in there. It'd be good to get someone who can come in, if you say, if Hitati comes in and plays there. I still think, though, Liam Scales, as much as I thought he was going to come in to play that left-back role, hasn't really showed that yet. I mean, if he was the left-back that we wanted to play, you'd have thought that he'd have got a game, at least from the start by now. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.
This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You're playing Juranovic out of position. I still don't think Juranovic is great at left-back. I'd like to see him get the run at right-back. I'm going, to, I'm going to agree with you there. I think he's been dodgy the last couple of games at left-back. On you go, Kevin, sorry. And, and I think that's the reason that teams have worked out that he's coming inside all the time. And once they treble up on Jota in front of him, Juranovic is a man down in an attacking sense. I, I think defensively he's OK. Uh, oh. He kind of puts himself about, but the style that Celtic want to play, playing it out from the back... The amount of times I've kind of seen him get trapped in that corner where he's kind of got to turn a couple of times and then maybe it goes out of play or it just gets launched up the park to nobody. He doesn't really suit it because he's not naturally left-footed. If Scales is going to be a left-back, I thought he'd have kind of maybe come on, done 15, 20 minutes here, started the game there. I think he's seen more as a centre-half at the club and it goes against everything I thought when he signed. Mm-hmm. But he was the only defensive option on the, the bench there at the weekend. So it does kind of show that to you when you have only got one option and tends to be a centre-half you put in there. Having the versatility is going to be a good option though going forward. Definitely. Someone said that in the comments. Celtic signing players that can play in a lot of positions and that will help the rotation aspect of uh, football going forward. If you're going to have what is still quite a small squad, having players that can play in different positions is going to help. For me, the big one, if we can get them is Maida. If we can get Maida in this transfer window, I think it will be the perfect front three of him, Jota and Kyogo because they're a fluid front three in the fact that they can play anywhere across that line. We've seen Kyogo out wide not being the most effective, but you don't need to be there permanently. Mm-hmm. At the minute when he's played out on the left, he's been there permanently. If he can kind of move across the forward line, it keeps defenders on their toes and they don't know who they're marking. And I think that's the kind of football that Ange wants to play. Everything's went very, very quiet on Maida. On Maida eh, sorry. And that's a bit of a worry. I don't know why that is. All, all the buzz seems to be around Atati. But you're talking about versatile players. Stevie Boy on YouTube. Kevin Collin, what do you think of my idea to play Callum as centre defensive midfielder? bring Abada in the midfield and Jamesy in his usual position. I'll let you you answer that first, Colin. I don't think that... I don't think Abada's built for it. Um, I've seen him struggle on the wing at times. The the boys get a lot, a lot of pace. A lot of pace to burn. If you can get him in behind someone, they're not catching him. Um, But in the middle of the midfield, I mean, if he played there on Sunday against Aberdeen... I think he would have kind of been bullied out of the game by Ferguson and Brown. So maybe there's an option depending on who you're playing, but I don't think it would be a natural fit for him. No, I don't think so. Jim Orr is a massive believer that he's a centre-forward. I haven't seen anything he suggests to me that he can play through the middle as a centre-forward either. If you're dropping one of the forwards back into the midfield, the one that's a perfect fit for me is Jota. 
Yota is a perfect fit to go and play in that Tom Rogic role uh, yeah. in the centre in the centre of midfield and, and as part of that midfield three. But then we lose something on the on the on the right hand side. We'll move back to the centre forward there, eh? and I'm going to bring up a, a comment by Monty. Eh, Monty's a, a a long-time subscriber and commenter on, on the channel. I watched Tony Watt for the entire game last night where Motherwell bet Dundee United won nothing at Fur Park, and I'll leave this here. He put more effort into that game than Aete has in any game since he's joined. A wee squad filler. Now, maybe I think Tony Watt's train has passed. I think that he's, he's still standing on that platform and the Celtic train is away. But we were linked with Casper Junker uh, as a player that Poster Coglu would have watched for a few months in the, in the J League, uh, the J League. Sorry, I watched his YouTube. He's got the ball the but he seems far faster and more skinf- skillful than both Albion Ayete and Yorgos Yakamakis looks. But as Monty's pointing out, and as I'm thinking, we are going to need another centre forward in that front line, ain't we? we're going to be linked with more centre-forwards. But I like to look at this Danish player. I like Scandinavian players because I think they suit Scott. They settle into Scottish football very, very easily. They do. It's a very similar style in Scandinavian football to Scottish football. So anybody that kind of comes over from there, they do tend to to fit in right away, probably with the exception of Timu Puki. He took a bit of time to come into it, but I think he would have caught fire if he'd, he'd hung about a bit longer. Um What's goal last night? Did you see that goal? Yes. That was an absolute peach of a goal last night. And that's him now, the top goal scorer in the league. So he has found his spot at Motherwell. Um, And fair play to him because he was someone who was kind of going about the leagues. He was, what, in Belgium. He was in, he was at Charlton. He was at Cardiff. He was a couple other places and he didn't seem to settle. He was there for a season and then disappeared again. Um, but he seems to have found his place at Motherwell. Fair play to him. I think there's a, I think there's a place for him in the Scotland squad going forward. If I'm being perfectly honest. Um, on you go, Kev. Sorry. No, I, I think as well. I think his opportunity at a massive club like Celtic is gone, and he, he's playing with Motherwell. He's enjoying his football, Motherwell. And I think for Tony Watt, when you look at all during his career, if he's enjoying himself, he's in a very good place mentally. And he mm-hmm. seemed, and if he's in a good place mentally, that means his football his football flourishes. And, and he seems to have found a home in Motherwell. And he's scoring good goals and he's, he's the main man there. And I, I, I'm, I'm pleased for him. I'm really pleased for Tony Watt. He seems like a decent enough guy. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't see him being a squad follower at Celtic. No, I thought... Mm-hmm. I think that chance has been and gone. No, but I do think Monty does have a good point there. And you, you do have to sort of look to the players that's in the league as well. Because I think if you look at the summer transfer window there, guys like Ali McCann disappearing for a million pounds under our nose, that is something that we should have been keeping an eye on for a long time. Guys like that, and Tony Watt, maybe it isn't the right time for him. Who knows if he was coming in on a kind of six-month deal from now to the summer, to see what you could get out of them, nobody would really complain if it was sort of to fill in a gap. But there is young players that's coming through in Scottish football that Celtic should be monitoring, um, and they should be looking at the Scottish market as much as the the foreign market as well, because especially with 
the way that COVID's going at the minute, if they bring in any more travel restrictions, we saw what happened to us in the summer when we had to wait on guys coming in. If the guys are available now that they can come in and get playing right away, uh, especially when you're coming into a very important period of time after the Rangers game in January 2nd, there's got to be an option for that. For me, there isn't a lot of great talent out there in Scotland, but there is some that could come in and definitely do a job. Would Tony Watt be a better option than Albion Ayeti right now? Most likely. Will we sign him? Probably not. Did you notice, I'm going to bring this up about Ayeti, but I'll own my grandos first. Tony Watt's known has good books um, just because he burst, he burst his coupon last night. And... Daniel Mack, before I speak about Ayeti, Daniel Mack comes in and says, Ginelli from Harps. Colin, you're on the state of Scottish football. You've probably seen more of Ginelli than me. An A or an A? Uh, Josh Ginelli's been fairly decent for Hearts this season. Uh, in fact, when he looked, when he played against Celtic at um, Tynecastle, he was one of their better players. I wouldn't be pushing to sign Josh Ginelli. I would be taking a closer look at Benny Beningamy, though, who plays right. in midfield. And I think he's actually missing out this week because he's got a bit of an injury. But in the heart of that midfield, he's, he's very close to a Wanyama type in the fact that he can have, he's got the strength about him. He's very comfortable at the back and going forward as well. Someone to keep an, out, an eye out for for the rest of the season. Is that the guy that they got for Everton? Yes. Yes, uh, the Hearts fan that I work with, he reckons that he's leaving in January. <laughs> he reckons that, the, that they already move on in January. So that that's something to maybe watch out for there. Did you notice on Sunday, Colin, Albie and Ayeti walked straight up the tunnel and didn't shake hands with anybody? I never saw that, no. No, I never he, saw it he, at all. He, he walked straight up the tunnel. Didn't He wasn't on the, the lap of appreciation. He, the final whistle went, he wandered off the pitch right up the tunnel, didn't shake hands with anybody. So I don't I don't know if that means anything, but it was something that I noticed in the stadium. Eh? It's there's a I think there's going to be a departure point for quite a few players in January. Uh, I think Ayeti will probably be one of them, and he'll be frustrated as much as we are that he's not been playing because he's still young. He's had a failed move at West Ham. He's now going to have a failed move at Celtic. What options are kind of open to you after you have two failed moves in a row? Who's really going to be that interested in you. Guys like Barkas as well, wasn't even on the bench. Mm -hmm. I don't know where he is. I think it's well rumoured that he'll be going back to Greece in January. Um, Players like that, look, that was a, it's been a massive mistake for the two of them. And it's a mistake that's cost Celtic £10 million. Now, considering we managed to get three and a half back for Klamala, who knows what we'll get back for the two of them. But uh, the time's probably coming that that'll be it. That'll be um, the break point between Celtic and these players. Facebook user uh, says about Ayeti's walk up. It wasn't even a storm up the tunnel. I don't think he can storm anywhere. Uh, it was just like a sort of meander up the tunnel, ignoring everybody. Facebook user comes in and says things like that never mean nothing. It m- might be nothing. He might have been injured. He might have. It might have been a numerous different reasons. But it was just something. I, it was just something I noticed. Right. Let's get on to the tagline. And the tagline is today, how can Celtic fully utilise Kyogo Furuhashi against Hearts? If we were being honest, Colin, games at Celtic part this season have been a bit tedious apart for the first couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's mainly due to the opposition hoping that Celtic beat themselves 
rather than make any attempt to win the game, they sit deep, stuff like that. And I didn't expect Hearts to be any different tomorrow evening. In fact, I probably expect it to be worse. I reckon Robbie Nielsen's looking at Craig Levine's playbooks at this precise moment in time, and it'll be a 4-6-0, and they'll hope to actually hurt us on the break. I disagree with you there, Kev. I think they're going to come yeah. out and have a go at us tomorrow night. Mm. I don't think Hearts change depending on who they play. I know they obviously had that game at Ibrox where it took them about, was it 60, 65 minutes before they even registered a shot on goal? But I, I generally think that the way they'll come out, you, you saw what happened when they came out and gave us a game in the second half of the Premier Sports Cup. I, I, I generally do think they will come out and have a right good go at us on Thursday because it goes against everything that they've been doing all season if they don't. And Hearts fans can be very fickle. They can turn on Nielsen very quickly. Uh, I mean, I'm having a look at the, I'm having a look at the stats, and Hearts only create one point four big chance on average per game. So for me, having a look at that for not watching them too many times, that seems to me that they do struggle to actually create chances. So they Celtic right enough. In the last three home games, we've only created three big chances against Aberdeen, St Johnson, and we only created two against Livingston. And these game these games become nervy. The longer it goes without scoring, these games do become nervy. And we need to actually get forward, create more and score more. Now, you mentioned Man United earlier on, and the friend of the podcast, Ralph Raniak, who also has now got a job as the new Man United manager. For folk who didn't understand why Ralph Raniak is a friend of the podcast, was because eight months ago, when he was being linked with the Celtic job, we emailed him and asked him for a, an interview. And we got an email back from the man himself, uh, politely declining us. And... Basically, being a friend of this podcast is more important than getting a job with Man United. Anyway, his philosophy is, as soon as you win the ball back, is to get a shot away within 10 seconds. Is to get into a goal-scoring position within 10 seconds. At the, at the moment, sometimes it seems like it's 10 minutes before we get a shot away by the time we win, mm. win the ball back. So basically, what we actually need is to get early season Kyogo back. So how do we get him back? So how do we get early season Kyogo back? I think the first thing that will help is if Hearts do come out and have a go at us because I think it will leave a lot of spaces in behind and I've been watching him the last couple of weeks as much as he hasn't been as influential because Jota's been the star man the last couple of weeks. He is still trying to make those runs. There just isn't someone who can play that ball through to him and that's where I think Thursday it changes because listening to Ange at the weekend... Tom Rodgick is back and he will be involved in the game on Thursday night. Now, one of the best first half performances I've seen from Celtic this season was at Easter Road when we ran away. It was at 3-0 after the first 25-30 minutes mm -hmm. and the the ball was always played through Tom Rodgick and Tom Rodgick was always slipping those balls in. The Kyogo, I think that's Kyogo's last goal in the league for Celtic was that, that game. In fact, no, it wasn't. He scored at Dundee after that but when you look at it, the balls that are getting played into Kyogo, that one at Easter Road, the ball slipped through from Rodic, it comes across the box and he's there to tap it in. He's in the positions that you want a striker to be in. He'll make those runs through as well. And Rodic, for me, is the only one who has the intelligence to look up and understand where Kyogo's going to be. I think uh, David Turnbull 
is a, a very clever footballer, but he's not reading the way that Kyogo wants to play. And, uh, well, there we go. I mean, I didn't even see that, but for me, that's it. So the relationship is more between Kyogo and Rogic, and you look at it as well, when Kyogo and Abada started at this, the start of the season as well, they would pick each other out. Having those three on the right-hand side as such could be a massive, massive benefit to Celtic on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. New to this uh, now for those that are listening on the podcast later on, comes in and says, Turnbull needs to learn how to play through balls. Now, if you look at the assists figures at Celtic this season, Tony Ralston's top with four, I think. Mm-hmm. Then it's Turnbull, Turnbull Abada and Ryan Christie, <laughs> all yeah. three. Christie so, three in the one game. He'd uh-huh. see in the 6 0 game against Dundee. So that, that, that kind of skews that start out the window. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Roderick coming coming back is going to be a massive help to, to Kyogo for, for somebody seeing his runs quicker. When I mean, you have a look at it, the last home goal he scored, as you mentioned, was against Ferris Varoch, and that was a through ball by Yota. Mm-hmm. I think Mikey Johnson set him up at the weekend for the first chance. A yeah. first one-on-one chance as well for quite a few weeks where he, where he hit the goalkeeper with, with the ball. I think he looks a bit frustrated, Colin. I think he sometimes you see, you see him making runs and he's kind of throwing his hands up in the air and like then he sort of apologises and gets back on side and like gets back into the game. But I think we need to actually move the ball far, far quicker to get the best out of him. Absolutely. I, I can't disagree with that at all. Um when you look at it, he is always trying to make those runs. You can see his frustration because he's not only not getting the passes, but the centre-halves are getting the better of him at times as well. You saw the kind of what happened with him and David Bates at the weekend. Um, I think he's had similar instance, although what I did find quite funny about Keogh at the weekend is he seemed to be kind of moonlighting as Aberdeen's physio. Every time an Aberdeen player went down, it was a wee pat on the head. Come on, son, up you get... Uh, he was always there. I think they were starting to get annoyed with him eventually as well. He doesn't give up. He chased everything down. You look at the um, some of the goals that we've scored this season, especially the League Cup, the semi-final. The fact that he's chasing down uh, the goalkeeper, that leads to the missed kick-out and then you get the goal from it. He was chasing down the goalkeeper on, Saturday, on Sunday as well. He's getting there. He's got that aspect to his game. He's still going after 90 minutes at full pelt. We've just got to find him. We've got to get to his level. He's not going to drop down and be the guy that comes in and picks the ball up on the halfway line and interlinks the play. He's not going to be the, the deep liar. He has the intelligence to get in and get behind his man, hopefully staying on side. We've got to find the ball and pass it to him because he can do the, the stuff. The only thing is, I'd like to see him taking more of these chances. You mentioned that one about... Uh, at the weekend there yeah okay it was late on he might be slightly tired but he might only get that one chance a game he's got to learn to try and take it they they think that the way that we our players sort of evolved we're we're actually taking less chances with the ball now when we're actually trying to play these through ball that we seem to be thinking that possession is king and that that's not helping Kyogo that's not his game mm-hmm. When we're, play, when, when we're playing against teams that sit tight, Colin, you have to move the ball quick in the transition. We'll, ha- we'll have to move the ball like 
Well, if they won the ball back quicker high up the park, then it's one or two touches and that ball has to get played through for either one of the forwards to run through. I haven't seen enough of that in the home games this season. No, you take a look at the first goal um, from Sunday. How long did we have possession of that ball before the ball gets played over the top to um, to Juranovic? We, we seem to just kind of hold on to it, hold on to it, go left to right, the sort of shoehorn football that a lot of people have been talking about. But the difference there was someone took a chance, someone took a risk. Turnbull took that risk to play the ball over the defence and that's what led to the goal. Then McCarthy, took, then McCarthy took the risk to play that ball to Abada for the, for the second goal as well. Exactly. It's something that we're not doing a lot of is taking the risk. We're playing very safe football at times. The only time we seem to take a risk is away from home in Europe. You see the kind of goals that we're creating away from home in Europe, and I don't know if that's because teams are coming in and putting two banks of five and telling us to break it down, that we're not going to try and take the risks. But I, I've not seen hellish much from the teams that do come here and put two banks of five here and tell us to break them down to suggest that if they hit us on the counter, they're going to be dangerous. So it is about time that we start taking risks. We don't shoot a lot from outside the box now either. I know that was a big thing last season. We, we spoke about Christie firing everything into the car park, but we don't seem to even take that risk anymore. So we're, we're risk adverse this season. We're not really doing anything. And I think if we're going to try and break these teams down, we're going to need to try something a wee bit different. I, I think that, I mean, our manager says uh, after the Aberdeen game, we'll have to find different ways of, of, breaking, of, of breaking teams down. And I mean... What been, when you look at that last 20 minutes of the game against uh, Aberdeen, I think that's the first time in a few games that Kyogo's actually been caught offside because we dragged Aberdeen out because we had slowed the game down mm-hmm. and, there was a, and there was a through ball. And his timing was maybe a bit off or the timing of the ball was maybe off because we haven't done it for weeks. We haven't tried to play those through balls for weeks. I'm also a bit worried. I'm also not worried, but... The, the, the quality from the wings is not there as well. The cutbacks. We earlier on in the season, we, we earlier on in the season we were actually seeing great. You look at the goals that we scored against Altmar when Kyogo was in the six yard box. It was a ball fired over. It was a it was a tremendous football, tremendous cross. I haven't seen that recently at home as well. We're getting to the byline. It's either getting skied out for a shire other time. It's either too high. There doesn't seem to be intelligent balls from the wings as well on a consistent basis. The, the way the, the way that we the way that we actually do away from home, mm-hmm. which is actually worrying. Uh, I mean. Look, I've seen someone going mental in the comments saying that we're having a go at Kyogo. We're doing the absolute opposite of that. We are trying to work out how we can best get Kyogo into the game because we know that when Kyogo is on fire, Celtic are on fire. And that's what we're trying to say. We're saying over the last couple of weeks, we haven't got Kyogo into this game. Mm-hmm. Stuart Clark here is the person I was referencing. He is the most intelligent player. He puts so much effort and we were just mentioning that there. What we want is to get him into the game. We want to see him more involved. He's not scored at home in the league since the Dundee game. And that's that. That's not anything on him. It's on how we play. It's on us. It's on the team. It's exactly. on the team. His work rate is unquestionable. What he brings to the team is unquestionable, but we're not utilising him enough and we want to utilise him more. You need to, you need to utilise your star man. 
and he is our star man at this precise moment in time. And Yota has been fantastic as well. But we need to we need to bring Kyogo into the game. And maybe this is a way that we've got to adapt when teams are playing at Celtic Park. That we've we've got we've got to bring Kyogo into the game. And I want to see more quicker balls play forward to him. Rogic should actually help that. I also think James Forrest will help as well. Caught Forrest. If Forrest starts games, Forrest cutting in from from the from the left hand side will actually help. Uh, from the right hand side, sorry, will actually mm-hmm. help as well. Because Forrest is good at cutting off that byline and sticking a wee ball through. And if Kyogo's movement is still the same level as it has been, and we've just not been finding it. I think Forrest will benefit. I think Kyogo will benefit for Forrest as well. I just want an early goal. I just mm-hmm. want an early goal and to create a few chances. There was a time in the first half on Sunday, there was a 15 minute spell calling where we looked really good. Our positional play was really good. We moved the ball about really well. It was 15 minutes. The goal came in between it. Eh? But then that was it. But then mm-hmm. we went back to the usual safe possession in the second half. We got a bit lucky with the goal, but the goal came from James McCarthy taking a chance with that through ball. Mm-hmm. The, the pack pass, as we call it. We need a midfield to do that. Rogic is going to help that. McCarthy will maybe help that. But you're looking for Cal McGregor to help on that as well. You're looking for the wide players to help on that. The team need to find a way of getting Kyogo into this game. Absolutely. You look to the game at Dens Park and Kyogo's second goal. That was liquid football. Mm-hmm. Absolute liquid football. The pass, the move. The one thing I have noticed about some of the players in the Celtic team this season is when they pass the ball on, it's as if they've done their job. They don't then try and move into a different position. They're just happy that they've still got the ball. And if they put the ball comes back to them, it's back in the exact same position that they were before. Callum McGregor's one of the very few in that midfield that does have the, the pass and the movement. Others just kind of stand there quite still. And if you stand still, you're not going to be able to break through that defence. Jota's getting a lot of the ball just now. And he is one of the very few that's wanting to take a man on to get the ball over. The only problem you've got is if you know where the ball's going to go to, the defence is going to double up on that. So then you do need a performance from the right-hand side as well, whether it be Ralston overlapping to get the ball in, which he was been, he'd was he been very good at and was excellent away at Dundee when he did that. Mm. The crosses that came over from him were absolutely yes. excellent. But on Saturday, we didn't really see that. We had a badder who I thought kind of faded out of the game. The game sort of changed slightly when James Forrest came on. But you just want your fullback, your winger to take the guy on, to get to the byline as you say, and try and cut it back to mix it up a bit the, the biggest problem with the Livingston game was it was just getting too predictable, the ball was going out wide and the cross was coming in high there was very few low crosses, there was very few uh, kind of balls played through to mix it up so we do have to try and work on the variety of the football that we play Definitely, definitely. David Kelly on YouTube we knew Kyogo would burn out at this point in the season. We just need to keep winning and then it's on the board in January to back the manager. I think that covers what we spoke about earlier on with, with the, the players that we want to bring in, especially other centre-forwards. But we, Colin, I think we still need another midfield playmaker. I think the loss of Tom Rogic has been massive for us over the last couple of weeks. 
Yeah, definitely. You saw the intensity of our forward play slow down when he comes out of the team because there isn't someone that offers that same ability that he does. He's not the quickest on the ball, but he can move the ball quickly. He can find the player, he can play it through. When you look back to that that goal that you're speaking about from Kyogo against Fenech Faros, how quick we move that ball is the difference between us scoring and not scoring. Because even in a couple of seconds, then they could get back into position. The goalkeeper gets back on his line and Kyogo doesn't have an easier shot. Mm-hmm. It's about moving the ball a lot quicker. And when you've got teams that aren't necessarily the quickest, like Dundee away, when you're moving that ball around them, they, they can't keep up. I mean, Aberdeen on that first 15 minutes against Aberdeen on Saturday, Jack Gurr was on his backside more than some of the fans because we were up, we were on our feet, we were mm-hmm. excited about seeing Jota taking him on and getting that ball across. So that's that's what you've got to do more of. As you say, the game slowed down. Once Aberdeen got that goal, I felt as if we were on the back foot for about 10, 15 minutes. We, were, we lost control of the game. We, yeah. we did lose control of the game. And half-time probably came at the right time for us. We saw it through it to half-time. In the second half, we kind of mixed up a bit. We came out and had a go at them. We are very comfortable in the second half because I didn't think Aberdeen were going to score once we got that second. It was on us to get the second goal. Once we got it, I, I felt quite comfortable. Uh, maybe we didn't lose control of the game. I think we lost purpose in the game for, for, for that 10 minutes because Aberdeen didn't really lay a glove on, glove on us at all. You going tomorrow night, Colin? I'm going tomorrow night, yes. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Hearts are always a team that come out and have a go at us and I don't think that Thursday will be much different. Um, what will be interesting is to see how results go tonight and to see whether Celtic will be trying to close a seven-point lead or whether they'll be trying to cut down a five-point lead or maybe less. That'll be an interesting one. We can't worry about stuff we can't control, Colin. Eh? Uh, Stuart Clark coming back. Stuart Clark coming back. Stuart, we didn't think you were abrupt. It was, it, was a, it was a genuine point uh, that you were making. And yes, you're right. Trust is the key here. We've got to trust the process that Poster Coglu is actually trying to bring in. Um, Absolutely. And Johnny Ryan comes in with the best tactical uh, advice that, we, that we've had in the last half hour. Long ball over the top now again wouldn't hurt. He's probably quite right there, and hopefully we get the chance to play those long balls over the top tomorrow night. So, that's us been here an hour, Colin. Thank you for watching and listening to today's bulletin, and thank you for commenting and getting involved. Uh, if you haven't sub- subscribed, please do so. Our subscriber numbers are going up on a daily basis, and we really, really thank you all for that. I met a lot of guys at the football on Sunday who had a lot of good words to say about Axon, so thanks very much for all your support. Uh, this weekend, we're, we're going to ask for your support. It's a charity weekender, and we hope to see you all getting involved. We'll be announcing the charity beneficiary very, very soon, but I do know it's very, very close to the Celtic's heart, so watch out for that announcement as well. We've got, we've got an interview with Tony Curran at the weekend. I've seen a bit of it. So it's really, really funny. And at the last count, we now have, I think it's 16 podcasts, 16 Celtic podcasts who are going to be contributing to the, the charity weekender. It's a brilliant coming together of Celtic-minded people and we're coming together for an extremely good cause. So thanks, Colin, for your time and your contribution today. Remember, everybody, to stay safe. Be kind to each other. 
Keep it Celtic, and I'll see you all at the weekend. Phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com/internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply